Welcome to Episode 8 of the Radio Gaga Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Pajowski, and today we are talking about Casey Musgraves and her 2018 album, Golden Hour. Baby, don't you know that you're my golden hour? The color of my sky. So I go to yoga a couple times a week. And I usually get there early enough to um, be able to sit in the back. So I went to class the other night and I got there a little later and it was already packed full of people. The whole back row was taken and the only spot for me to put my mat was up front. In the very front of the room, there is uh, a mirror that takes up the entire wall. But when you get up close to the mirror, you can see that it's actually made up of mirror panels. So each panel is probably like four feet wide or something like that. Um, but there's a small crack or a small break in between each of the panels. And you can't really tell when you're far away, but when you're up close, you can, you can definitely see it. Um, so my mat up front, my mat was placed right in front of one of these cracks. And as I moved in and out of all my yoga poses throughout class, I noticed that at certain angles, that cut in the mirror created this illusion that my stomach was smaller, my legs were skinnier, I just, I generally had the pleasure of seeing what I would look like two sizes smaller. If you've personally dealt with self-esteem and body image issues, then you know why standing and posing in front of this mirror for an hour of class made me immediately burst into tears when I got into my car to drive home. The immediate thought is, why can't I just look like that in a regular mirror? If I could just stop snacking and going to Taco Tuesdays and work out way more, All of my clothes would fit me better. I could have Michelle Obama arms. I could be wonderful. But then I remembered something that I've been trying to keep top of mind lately. There is always someone going through this too who would kill to have the arm strength I have to be able to do a downward dog. Someone who would love to have the curves that I just spent an hour wishing away in the mirror. Someone who would love to be able-bodied enough to go to yoga in the first place and I was done feeling bad about myself. I think the point I'm getting at here is that at almost 30 years old, I'm finally remembering the strength there is in positivity. And one of the reasons for that is today's album, Golden Hour. This album has had a direct impact on this positive shift in my attitude and has made me see myself, my friendships, my marriage, and the world around me with fresh eyes. I hope I don't sound like I'm exaggerating here because I really mean it. Golden Hour has had that big of an impact on me. Golden Hour tackles topics that everyone goes through. Self-esteem issues, love, anxiety, loneliness, loss, and boredom. Those things are always going to be a part of life. But it's how you allow yourself to react that can turn things around and make you appreciate the beauty in even the most unexpected places. The first time I heard Golden Hour, it was within the first couple of notes in the first song that I knew I would love the entire album. I had such a visceral, immediately positive reaction to Golden Hour. And however many listens later, the album still blows me away. For a musical work to do that, especially nowadays, it's just so rare. And that's because Casey has a way of sharing the world with you like you've never seen it before. 
She writes about relatively simple things around her that she observes in nature or other common feelings like loneliness, sadness, and happiness. But the way she writes about them, the way she sings these words, it's like she's seeing the world for the first time. And Golden Hour is her sharing that experience with us. Casey Musgraves was born in 1988 in Golden, Texas. She wrote her first song when she was eight, learning music on the mandolin before beginning guitar lessons at the age of 12. As a young teenager, Casey was a champion yodeler and for a short time was one half of a yodeling duo called the Texas Two Bits. I'm just a little Texas girl, that's what I want to be. I love to ride my pony and go a-yodeloo-dee. I've got me a cowboy who lives across the plains. He knows that I'm thinking of him when he hears me say, After Casey graduated high school, she continued to record country demos and perform at local Western music festivals in Texas. Casey competed on the TV show Nashville Star when she was 18, eventually placing seventh. Instead of wasting my time trying to make you feel good, and see what kind of love is up in front of my hood. It drove me out of my mind, and I'm halfway to Memphis. Two years after her high school graduation, Casey was living in Austin and was discovered by the independent record label Triple Pop. On that label, Casey was able to record two major covers that would get her noticed by the big leagues, a cover of Miley Cyrus's See You Again and a cover of Apologize by One Republic. And tell me that you're sorry, didn't think I'd turn around and say that it's too late to In 2012, Casey had been invited to join Lady Antebellum on their European tour, the same year she signed with Mercury Records in Nashville. From there, Casey's success would skyrocket. Her first album, 2013's Same Trailer, Different Park, would go on to nominate Casey for four Grammy Awards, tying her with both Taylor Swift and Lord for nominations that year. Between the lunch and dinner rush, Kelly caught that outbound bus for Vegas. And we're all out here talking trash, making bets, lips wrapped around our cigarettes. She always thought she was too good to be a waitress. Casey won Best Country Album for Same Trailer, Different Park, and the Grammy for Best Country Song for Merry-Go-Round. Mama's hooked on Mary Kay, brother's hooked on Mary Jane, and daddy's hooked on Mary two doors down. Mary, Mary, quack and schwerry, we get bored so we get married, just like us we settle.
Riding on the success of her first album, Casey was a supporting act on various tours, including those of Willie Nelson, Alison Krauss, and even Katy Perry's Prismatic Tour. Casey headlined her first tour in 2014 as she was beginning to write new material for her next album. Casey's second studio album, Pageant Material, released in 2015, and her respect within the country and Americana music industries increased exponentially. It's trailer different park and pageant material showed Casey's lovable yet cynical side. If you haven't listened to them yet, I recommend doing that after you listen to Golden Hour. They both clearly belong in the country genre, but the topic she tackles and the unbelievable talent of Casey as a writer with her songwriting team, they are just so much more than just your typical country albums. Golden Hour is a bit of a departure from those first two albums. You can't really pin Golden Hour to one genre, or even two or three. It's so refreshing, and it's the sign of an artist challenging both herself and music industry norms. I think Casey was tired of being pinned to the country music genre. She just needed more room to work. The beautiful result is Golden Hour. I'm not going to tarnish it by calling Musgraves a crossover hit, as many incredible country music stars get reduced to when they drop the chicken-picking guitar licks and heavy compression. Golden Hour transcends that. It's a beautiful, very strong album in its own category, in its own right. Sure, there are hints of Musgraves' country origins, but throughout Golden Hour are elements of music raring to break from tradition. So let's dive in a little deeper with my friend, Kelly Hawkins. I am so happy to welcome Kelly to Radio Gaga once again. I'm back. You're back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for coming into my home for this. Oh yeah, we're at Kelly's apartment. Yeah. Back for more after our Fleetwood Mac episode. Yes. That was number one. That was I, that feels like kind of a long time ago. It does feel like a long time ago. Which episode is this? This is episode eight. Wow. Yeah. Almost a double digits. That's big. <laughs> um, yeah. Kick things off with rumors, which like, geez, guys, let's not, <laughs> let's ease into things. Why don't we? Yeah, right. Like that was, I, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. Like that, as we got into it, that's such a meaningful album. And like, I mean, one of the GOAT albums that... I was really nervous to talk about it once I realized it because you're like, I have so many, and we've, we've talked about this too, that like, I have, I have so many deep feelings associated with that album, but you are a little wary of putting your voice on a track talking about it because it is so good. You're like, I'm scared I'm not going to say everything. I mean, because like we said, like, it's hard to verbalize your feelings about music sometimes. Music can be a little alienating and a little highbrow, just like we were saying. I mean, I run a sports media company, same like sports can be very alienating in that way. But um, I think what we're both trying to do with our separate endeavors is make it okay for everyone to talk about it. Because yeah. it's like just because you're not just because you're not a music producer or a trained musician does not mean that you cannot that you don't connect with it. And so being able to 
sit and talk with your friends about it. That's like, that's, I think that what you're doing here is really special. And I'm oh, really excited to talk about this album. Gosh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk about it too, because you actually were the one who introduced me to this album. When did you first hear Casey Musgraves? Like what got you into her in the first place? Yeah, I remember the first, so she was pretty deep in the country genre. And this such a, like, she's someone to me who, I feel like she is playing chess while the rest of current country music is playing checkers. Completely I mean, agree. She is woke on like what, who she is. And it's almost like her career is almost a commentary to me on a lot of different things. Um, so I was introduced to her. Same trailer, different park. I think that was that her first album. Yeah. So there was um, "Blowing Smoke" was the first song, and like I didn't love love that song, but I still was like, this this person is different because she just is one of those women who you're like, you are not perfect, but you you know who you are and you are secure. Like she just. I just thought she was amazing. And so I started listening to her a little bit more and certain songs like follow your arrow and, um, biscuits. They're just, I just love, I just love them. It, it just felt like home to me in so many ways. I'm from East Tennessee and it j just so many things she was saying. I was like, women in my family would say that, hmm. you know? And I, so I, I just started paying more attention to her, but I never like listened to her albums in full or anything. And then Golden Hour came out, and we'll get to the certain tracks, but High Horse was one of the first singles that just is amazing, and I want to save all my thoughts on that when we get there. <laughs> but um, so I really went through this album and was just confirmation of how, how amazing I think she is. This sounds so dramatic, but I was, so I was listening to the album. I listened to it full um, all the way through on the way I was driving to Miami the other week. And so I was in that part of like central Florida that it, I mean, it could be central Florida. It could be East Tennessee. It could be Alabama. Like uh. it feels like the South in such a big way. And I, that's when I was listening to the album and exact, I mean, I literally kind of, you said it so beautifully. Like, I felt like I was seeing the world for the first time in a lot of ways. That's so cool. Cause I was driving and looking around and I was just like, damn, like this is amazing. <laughs> and, and you're right about the, I swear to God, since. I have felt more positive since listening to this album a lot. Like a lot of the things that give me anxiety, a lot of the things that I stress about in life and work and whatever, the, I'm a terrible sleeper. I always have been. And I'm sleeping well. Really? Like, it's weird. <laughs> and I mean, it sounds so dramatic. I know it. But um, I can't wait for someone to listen to the album and have no reaction like this to it and be like, <laughs> Are they high? Like, what is happening? I mean, truly, no. I mean, I, like, someone, I think most everybody who listens to this will will it, see a at least a little bit of what you're saying. It just puts, her her lyrics are simple in the most poignant way that, it, I mean, it, it truly affects me. It's amazing. I think what is notable about Golden Hour, same trailer, different park, and pageant material sort of took this very cynical look at the world. Yeah. And that's just who she is. And it was, they, both albums are fantastic. Yeah. She has really good things to say. And it, and it, it is about just everyday life in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, but like a, like a lovable cynicism yeah. to yeah. it. And then with Golden Hour, she kind of, she kind of drops the cynicism a little bit. 
and sort of is, is seeking more of an internal balance. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do, and we'll get into this too, but, um, meeting like the love of her life. And a lot of these songs on Golden Hour are about her relationship with him. One of the things that makes it stand out to me is that a lot of music is about a specific point in the relationship. Like a lot of music is about breakups. Yeah, or and a, meeting, like, looking at meeting somebody. Time, yeah, like yeah. at the across the bar right. or like something monumental that happens in a relationship. And a lot of the songs that are on Golden Hour are just like okay, we're in the relationship. We're just like We're kind of settled. Yeah. We're kind of happy. I like I like that we're together. Yeah. And that speaks, I mean, I've been married right. for a little over four years now. And, you know, it's not always looking at him from across the bar and be like, right. oh, damn. <laughs> like his bones or right? something. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's also not a big fight every day. No, exactly. And, and like, it, it, life just isn't, life isn't always those, like, huge monumental moments. Sometimes life is just about, like, doing taking a walk doing nothing you know yeah. with the other person just being with them and I think golden hour really illustrates that in a beautiful beautiful way because um, she's just like very appreciative that he has given her sort of a new look at the world yeah. that she maybe didn't didn't want to have before and she even said that she was afraid that being in love and being in a relationship would hinder her right. songwriting um, but obviously it didn't God. I think it just made it better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it, it's very, it seems reflective of her life, which that kind of honesty to me is what makes it work. And that's the vulnerability of everything. Exactly. Well, why don't we get started with the first song? Let's talk about Slow Burn. I'm all right with a slow burn. Taking my You hit the nail on the head earlier when you said those first couple notes, you're like, your ears perk up. You're just like, this is going to be so good. So the first time I heard, the, like the first couple of notes, I was like, oh, this is like James Taylor. Yeah. Beautiful. It, like James Taylor guitar. I wrote this down and I was like, well, who, who does this, who else does this remind me of? Like the, the guitars remind me of James Taylor. Yeah. The songwriting and the, like the vocals yeah. and the, like the tempo it's like Sufjan Stevens. Yeah. Like James Taylor, Sufjan Stevens songwriting oh, duo. That's like really good. The, the lyrics in the song, there are so You could just grab so many of them out of it that are so good. For some reason, I love the part about um, when she mentions Beijing. Do you have the lyrics right there? I do. Um, yeah, let me not butcher this. In Tennessee, the sun's going down, but in Beijing, they're heading out to work. Why do I love that line so much? It all of a sudden takes your perspective from her being inside her own head, being, you know, talking about her life, and it, like, takes it out to the world. And it takes you out. Yes. It's like this perspective shift that happens. I mean, it's the perfect addition to this first song. It is. She's, she's laying the groundwork for the rest of the album. She's like, this is more... This this world is so much more than just you. Yeah. Um, and it's important to... You know, it's important to curate your own life and the people that you spend your time with and the things that you choose to do with your life and, like, keep positivity and all that. But when, like, it's nighttime here, it's daytime there and vice right. versa. And, like, you can't ignore that there are so many other people who are just trying to do the same thing that you are. Doesn't that always make you – I always find 
comfort in that more than getting stressed out by thinking of the vastness of our world and how many people are out there. It always makes me think they're going like, that's a great way to put it. Just they're going off to work. People on the other side of the world are going off to work right now when I'm sitting here in my head about whatever I'm in my head about. Like I, it always, that's always such a good perspective uh, shift for me. I don't think I think about that enough. It's an interesting one. It can make your brain hurt sometimes. If you get too vast, if you get like yeah. universe fast, then I'm like, you can't. Oh, gotta get back. Right. Come back. But like, I, I really, I really love that. Uh, the line about, the line at the very beginning yes. where she says, haven't been early since 88. Uh, she was a preemie. Yeah. She was born in 1988 and it's, she was like, I think it was six weeks premature. Yeah. And she weighed like five pounds. And that, how good is that line where it's like, born in a hurry, always late. Haven't been early since 88. Like, how freaking great of songwriting is that? That's one. So, Harry, my significant other, he loves this album, too. It's something we definitely share together. And um, he loves that line so much. Like, I remember it was, like, one of the first couple. I mean, we listened to this song so much together. Um, But, like, probably the third or fourth time. It was like it really clicked for both of us. Because you, you, can, you can pass over that if you don't think about it. And he was like, oh. <laughs> And it was such a cool, oh. like, but that was a moment that we, like, said out loud to each other. We were like, oh, she was born in 19... 19- yeah. Yes. It's really good. Why don't we talk about Lonely Weekend? Yes. John Mayer all of a sudden. <laughs> like, That's a great point. It even, I, I did not even, that me, didn't even register with I me. I think of John Mayer every time I listen to this song. Well, now I will too. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I mean, because he, he does have that one song, Love on the Weekend, and like the tempo is kind of the same. Oh. So maybe that was where I drew that connection. But, um, God, I've always felt, I've everyone's felt this way before yeah. with this song about where you're like, it's the weekend, I should be, you're having mad FOMO because whatever, your friends are all out of town or whatever's happening and you're just like, I'm lonely and I'm sitting around and if my sister was here, we'd be doing something fun, but she's not. Right. So I'm just like kind of sitting here with all this time to think about, to get inside my own head about things. And who writes about that? Nobody writes about that feeling. Everybody writes about going out. Right. And nobody really writes about what it's like to just be alone. And I think that the most important line of this song is even if you got somebody on your mind it's all right to be alone sometimes yeah and how like it's good that's a great line because we've always been told that being with other people is is how you are supposed to be energized Mm -hmm. and like being a being an introvert myself I I'm not energized around other people Mm -hmm. I I mean I am with really close friends when I can have conversations like this one, for instance, um, I'm very energized by that. But at the end of the day, I kind of just want to curl up, you know, right. I need, sometimes I just need to be by myself. Totally. And for her to sing about that feeling, there is so much beauty in how she sings about such a mundane and normal thing that happens awesome. when you're, when your person is, is away. Um, or, you know, when you just 
you don't even have to have a person. You don't even have to have right. have to be in a relationship to to relate to this song. As I say, this song resonates with me. Um, what it makes me feel is how I felt a lot of times when I was in my early twenties. Um, when you would have like maybe it was even in college, like if you went home for the weekend or something, and so everyone's at college doing fun things, and so you have a little bit of FOMO about that, or even like you know. Before I was constantly around somebody or like when I was 22 or whatever. And I also worked a lot of weekends. And so it was just my social life was always kind of weird for a while there. And, you know, sometimes you did feel like, oh, I, you you do have this very creeping in feeling sometimes. Like that's how I take this song too, because I am an extrovert. And so I, that's how it, for me, it, it really resonates is going, oh man, I know that feeling when. I used to feel that so much when I was like 22, 23 mm-hmm. and maybe I was a little hungover from the night before or something <laughs> and just laying there being like, I need to, it's okay to be alone, Kelly. It's okay to be alone sometimes. And you don't have to, you don't have to constantly go out just for the sake of going out. Honestly, like the, the things that, that Casey writes, the words that she writes on paper can seem a little bit cliche. Um, and I talked to I talked to Kevin about this um, mm. on the Sturgill podcast too, where like if you look at some of the, I mean this is this has been the case for all of Casey's career. Like yeah. her her lyrics, it you, they use a lot of like typical mm-hmm. like the next song, you give me butterflies. Yeah, like having butterflies is Very is a hackneyed like yeah, it's phrases. like everybody kind of says that, uh, but she puts her little spin on it that makes it into a brand new feeling and yeah. a brand new phrase. Um, you know who else I think did that? Fleetwood Mac. Oh. I've only listened to Fleetwood Mac and Casey Musgraves. I've never heard any other music. <laughs> and Lord. But That's I, it. Remember how I talked about that? I think it was with um, Songbird. Oh, yes. That And I've loved you like I've never... Or what, what's the line? Um... And I love you, I love you, I love you. Like never before. Like never before. I love you like never before. Yeah. How, how you know, so on paper kind of common common is that. And yeah. the way she delivers that line just is heart-wrenching. I think, I think that's the same thing. So, butterflies. Let's talk about butterflies. I love butterflies. Now you're lifting me up, steadily. Once again, Harry loves this song too. And it's just one of those things where like we are, our relationship is very um, fun and very silly. And like we always talk, we're like, if people saw how we acted alone, they would be like freaked out. It's like, cause we just are very silly. Like there's a little girl one time who we know whose daughter, a friend of ours, looked at Harry one time and said, Mr. Harry's very silly. <laughs> Nothing. He has never been more seen than in that moment by a three-year-old. Like that sums up Harry Lester in a lot of ways, at least my Aww. Harry from behind closed doors. And so the song does kind of remind me of him. Like just, that's how I feel. Like we're just like, we're constantly just kind of like, 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 yay, yay, we life. Like, so much. like <laughs> when, and I mean, we've been together for a couple of years now. And of course we, there's time we fight and argue and test each other and all those things too. Um, but most of the time, just in day to day, ordinary life, 
Um, that's that's kind of how I feel. That's so sweet. Well, and Casey, so Casey had an interview with People Magazine, and she says, quote, I've never had love songs or relationship songs. I write about other things, other people's stories or perspectives. Mm -hmm. When you're with someone you truly love to the core and they feel that way about you, there's no sense of panic or that it's going to come apart. Yeah. So, like, she is in that exact same mindset where, like, you're just comfortable with each other and it's still sort of new maybe or maybe it isn't anymore, but you you have to choose each other every day. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it is... You know, it just makes life that much more fun. And you look at the world in a more positive way. The freaking chorus. Yeah. Now you're lifting me up instead of holding me down, stealing my heart instead of stealing my crown. Untangled all the strings around my wings that were tied. I didn't know him and I didn't know me. Cloud nine was always out of reach. Now I remember what it feels like to fly. You give me butterflies. It's so sweet. And I love how she sort of weaves in like this butterfly imagery too. Mm -hmm. She talks about like the wings and her chrysalis and like coming out of that and like um, learning how to fly. And I think it's just the way she writes it is so, it's so simple, but so just meaningful. And so, yeah, it's just gorgeous. She actually wrote this just after she met her now husband. Mm -hmm. His name is Rustin Kelly. He is a country singer. Um, and they are adorable together. They're really cute. Follow on Instagram. Oh, yeah? I love following her on Instagram because it just, they, I mean, social media can be, you know, a lot, but they, you get that from, it's not just like a show thing, hopefully. Um, right. Like they, I really like following them. Um, also of note, this is a sweet story. So after Casey's grandmother passed away, she had the opportunity, Casey had the opportunity to talk to a medium. And one of the things that he randomly said was that her grandmother's spirit would show itself to Casey in the form of yellow butterflies. I'm going to cry. I know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So the medium said, anytime you see yellow butterfly, that's her. So she tells, like, the interviewer, she's like, I would see them all the time after that. She's like, if I was alone riding my horse, like a yellow butterfly would just fly up to me. Um, and she just, she's alone riding her horse. Like, this is who we're <laughs> like oh my god, this she's, is who we're dealing with here, Casey. She's she yeah. So there's that imagery too of like the butterfly, and um, this is the only reason I know this because I almost bought it. But she has a butterfly pin mm-hmm. um, on her website for sale, which now I'm probably just gonna go yeah. and buy because you should probably buy it. Do you have your jean jacket? That you <laughs> oh yeah, that I have all my pins on. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Um, I think I gotta buy it now because well, like know who else had the butterfly was her big symbol is Dolly Parton. Really? That's Dollywood. Is there a big symbol? Oh my gosh, butterfly. I didn't know that. Oh, how what sweet. A, which, like, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. So why not? Just let's go full circle with it. Why not? Get on our level, people. If you don't cry <laughs> by the end of this. <laughs> oh, so many emotions. What's happening? So many emotions. God, I'm like caffeinated and. Oh. I was going to say, I wonder how much caffeine has to do with us, like, uh, over the top right now. But I don't know. I'm usually fine drinking coffee all damn day. Right. But this is just getting to me. Ugh, I don't know what to say. I think, you know what, though? I'm just going to be confident in it. Because oh, love, having love. an emotional reaction to something is so much healthier than trying to, like, push it down oh and, and like, not show that you are, you know, doing something human. Oh, who cares? That's my whole thing is that, like, I mean, keep it between the lines, people, of course, like, in this situation. But, like, there is something that I hate about a lot of culture now, you know, is the, this need to feel perfect and feel 
whatever that version of perfect is that you're super in demand and super busy or super put together and like nothing shakes me. I'm a strong, whatever, like whatever that version of perfect is. If I, I rebel against that a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's really fucking curated and made to look perfect. And I have no interest in any of that. That is really refreshing to me. It's just finding what makes you happy and comfortable and like just letting yourself do that. can be tough to do. It is. It's for anything to do. <laughs> How about we talk about Oh What a World? songs when I was driving that I was like that this is a song that was playing when I was really going through like south central Florida just flat AF yes and just the the grass is brown and tall and the sky is really blue and you're just driving forever and to me this sounds like something that I'm like I picture her being on a walk and just like this is what we were saying about the seeing the world with new eyes and sharing it with that person. And the phone is at home. Mm-hmm. The contact with other people that's lifted off your shoulders and just like being comfortable being alone and recognizing everything that is alive and with you around mm-hmm. you in the world. Yeah. Um, we can talk about our favorite lyrics later, but one of mine is in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the second it's the first verse. Northern lights in our skies, plants that grow and open your mind, things that swim with a neon glow, how we all got here, nobody knows. She is exploring existence and why we're here. And are we on this earth once or a billion times? Like that, that is good shit. That's tough. That's existential AF. It's it's so refreshing because that's not something that artists typically gravitate toward. Right. It's like what's going to make people think about this? You know, it's, it seems like it's always so pandering is the only word I can think of. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good word to use because like it, it like I talked about with Kevin on, on the Sturgill podcast who I think have she like Casey and Sturgill have a lot of similarities in that way yeah, that, I love that they both sort of um, examine more than just more than just partying and mm-hmm. like the very hey girl the very surface level <laughs> right. uh, pleasures in life yeah. um, and they look deeper and part of that has to do um, she Casey experiments with hallucinogenic drugs I was wondering because I was just say this makes me feel like an acid trip a little bit. And that's on purpose, I think, because yeah. the, I mean, the plants that grow and open your mind, right, that's, right, you know, right. that's marijuana and she, she, she smokes and yeah. she like, she uses these different, like, I don't know, I'm not going to say that she's like using drugs all the time because I don't right. think she does quite as much anymore, but, um, they have a positive effect on her. She's very open about how these drugs make her like more open-minded and see the world that's actually, I'll get into this too with the next song, but um, that had an effect on the song Mother as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I think what's so beautiful about this song too is that she, she just shows you in such simple terms how 
incredible it is that we are all like alive right now. Right. And how many things had to happen for that, for you to be sitting on this couch and for you and me to be friends and for the world to exist and for humankind to exist. And like she's thinking so much outside of her own little bubble um, and it makes you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, you're driving down the road and you're seeing it differently. You're seeing the, 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 tall, dry grass differently. You're seeing that the sky is a little bit bluer than it was before. Um, and I, I just, I think that the way that she writes and the way that she expresses the lyrics through her voice, um, just make it so clear. It's also hilarious to me that like you're saying, I mean, I'm looking at the sheet with the lyrics on it that, yeah, like you could look at this and like, in a lot of ways you could go, this could be a kid's song. Like you're saying like on paper, (laughs) because it seems so simple, but like, the line and these are real things yeah these are real things is like so funny because like it almost seems like it doesn't make sense right there the way she sings that line oh yeah it, it is that thing where you're like holy shit these are real like this is real this is all real when so much is not and I know that's so like cool to talk about it like so much is not real around us but like <laughs> the way it's just awesome there's an instrument that's used in this song called a vocoder yes and it's it's used at the beginning and I think again at the end. A vocoder is you've probably heard it a lot in um, music by Electric Light Orchestra, yeah. which is one of my favorite bands, one of Casey's favorite bands. Really? Yes. It's the same instrument they uh, that Styx uses in the song Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Essentially, a vocoder is an audio processor that takes a human voice and like synthesizes it and modulates it. Yeah. So it's a human voice that's like singing or saying those words, and then it kind of goes into goes into like a synth mode a little bit. Um, and I love. I love a vocoder. Yeah. When it's used correctly. And it was used very correctly. <laughs> and yeah, and I think like this is like got to be a nod to um, ELO. Mm-hmm. Their song Mr. Blue Sky yeah. is like one of my favorite songs. Um, that it, it's got to be a nod to that. Let's talk about mother. The music in me and all of the colors. Wish we didn't live, wish we didn't live so far from each other. I'm just sitting here thinking about the time that's slipping and missing my mother. what I was saying before about the hallucinogenic drugs. So she actually wrote this song when she was on acid. She told Rolling Stone that this, this drug had such a positive effect on her and it makes her more compassionate Hmm. and it makes her realize and it crystallizes her place in the world for her, you know? Um, and a bad acid trip is not the same as a good one, obviously. (laughs) And acid, you know, acid has this like connotation sometimes of like when you drop acid or something like you're, you're, you know, it could be a bad acid trip and a really terrible experience. 
having never done acid, <laughs> dropped acid, as the kids say, um, and having read Go Ask Alice many a time in my youth, <laughs> and also hearing and witnessing one of the most terrifying bad trips that I could imagine happening, a girl tripped for like six days that I knew oh, was something. God. I am terrified of acid, would never even consider partaking in it. So that is the most, I mean, aside from people being like, like, I mean, that scene in like across the universe or whatever, I've heard so many bad things about acid that I'm so scared of it. <laughs> so that's, that's fascinating that she's like, oh yeah, it's like makes me feel great and like where I need to be. And I, I mean, it's not like she's, you know, she's not addicted to it. She doesn't do it all the time. But when she, I think when she does, at least what she's said in interviews, like when she does, it's very crystallizing for her. So interesting. This is a really sweet story that I read that Casey described in one of her interviews. As she was writing the album, um, her mom texted her and was like, you'd be so proud of me. I stopped biting my nails. And Casey was texting her back and saying, I'm so proud of you. So Casey goes on to say, the way she responded just wrecked me. Her mom said, ugly old hands. I can't keep the East Texas dirt off of them. And Casey basically was like, I started thinking about my mom's hands and the fact that she's created all this beautiful art. She's held me with these hands. And my hands even look like hers. Like, you recognize your mom's hands more than anyone else's. And like for her to, to write this song about her mother and for her mother to be missing her mother, it's like a cycle. Like you always kind of come back to your mom, you know, (laughs) here we go again. Well, and it's literally wild hearing you say that because, um, I think about my mom's hands so much. She always, um, growing up and still does, she always had her nails done. And she always had acrylic nails. And she would wear usually red nail polish. And I just always used to look at her hands when I was little and hold her hands and everything. And she was always really big on, um, she hates chipped nail polish. (laughs) And so if I ever had it, she was just like, can I just take it off your fingernails? Like if, if I had chipped nail polish. And one of the things I always, and I've said this before that, I always love is I have my mom's hands and so that's I've never I've never heard anyone else talk about that or say that but like that's why one of the things that I like to I mean I've jokingly said to our friend Megan before that I will not be able to pay rent but I will have my nails done (laughs) which like can be too real at times in the startup world Um, but it's totally because of my mom that I love having my nails done And because I love looking at my hands, especially as I'm getting older, and I feel like they look like hers. And that's just wild. I never, I didn't know that. And um, I had never really heard anybody else say that. But um, it's nice to, it's nice to have part of you like, look like your mom. Like every, every part of me looks like my mom. And like everyone says that, like everyone looks at me and immediately, if they know both me and my mom and they're just meeting me or something, like you look so much like your mom. I get it all the time. And like, it used to be that, well, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm, I, I have my own identity. Like that was when I was younger. And now like, I hear myself on this podcast, I know. and my laugh sounds like my mom's Isn't it laugh. Wild. Yes. When you start hearing. Yes, stuff, I like hear. I hear like it sounds like my mom is on the podcast. Like I hear her laugh w- when I laugh, and like now I'm gonna look at my hands and be like, oh yeah, these 
these are my mom's hands. And like, I, I think that's, it's such a weird, like special connection that you have when you're younger, you might not realize how much she does, Mm -hmm. um, just mentally, physically, you know, giving birth to you, you're welcome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the kinds of things that you you just kind of take for granted, and I'm trying not to do that as much anymore. Oh yeah. Well, um, you also, I think it's because when you, when you become aware, you just automatically like when you as a human start having memories, all you know is if you're lucky and have a wonderful mother like I do, is your mom being there for you and helping you and taking care of you and feeding you. Like that's all you know, and so it's you have and you're a young little kid with no perspective you go well that's what you all like mom's always there yeah like and you you don't think about the woman she is or the person she is and I think about that so much now that I'm getting older that you just go what a full person that woman is before she has kids and what she goes through to have kids and what she probably has to give up whether she gives up her job or not like the things that you that happen when you become a mom and have a family and that connection that you have with your kids and stuff, it just like, that is one of the greatest blessings of growing older is realizing that stuff more. Yeah. Cause you don't freaking realize it. <laughs> and your mom tells you when you're growing up, when you're being a little biatch, she's like, you're going to figure it out one day. You're going to know how this feels. And you're like, you're not enough. And then you start, you do. Yeah, you do. And it's like the best, the best way to be wrong in the world is knowing, oh, my mom was so freaking right. Let's talk about love is a wild thing. You can't find it sitting on a shelf in a store. If you try to hide it, it's gonna shine even more. This is a great example of her and her songwriting team, Daniel Tashian, Tashian, I think is how you say it, and Ian Fitchuk. Um, those those songwriters together, like, just create magic. Yeah. Um, and I think Love is a Wild Thing is just really, really pretty. Was this the one that she was playing on her Instagram Live? Yeah. So, for the listeners, um, I saw yesterday, it was funny timing, um, the day before this was recorded, I saw that she went live and she was, and I immediately went to it and she was playing at the Grand Ole Opry that night and they were rehearsing. And so she was showing her rehearsing live and it was this song and it was this song. I I liked it, but like it, it didn't stick out to me initially on the album, listening to her sing it in that rehearsal. I was just so taken by, I mean, Harry and I were sitting here listening to, and he was just like, She's so effortless. Oh my god! I, that's what, it. Just so, felt so smooth, and just her voice, and um, even just being in rehearsal. Yeah, like I would pay for a ticket to go to rehearsal. Oh, oh my like, god! And just the chorus of it, the way it just kind of runs, it just um, is just another super special, beautiful song that um, so much imagery. I feel like for me, definitely. Um, yeah, and it, it really, those, like, little images of, like, flowers in the concrete, uh, places that you can't see, she kind of is illustrating that 
if you look for positivity and you look for love in even the smallest places, you're going to find it. Um, and I think like the way that she, the way that she illustrates it is like, again, the way she's looking at the world mm-hmm. she's sharing it with you. Um, and it just like gives you kind of fresh eyes. Yeah. The running like a river trying to find the ocean. I just like the way she's seeing that too. It almost feels like it gets, it just perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. Um, the style of it with the lyrics and, um, it's just another freaking special song. Like I read an article online called uh, the 13 best songs on Golden Hour. And Golden Hour has 13 songs on it. And I was like, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. That is, I wrote that article. Yeah. Spoiler for alert. real. That's awesome. How about, how about Space Cowboy? Space Cowboy because it's just like it feels that it's kind of that old cynical Casey a little bit and so that for me I really enjoy it I was listening to it right before you came over um and because it's that great play on words um for you know you've heard Space Cowboy in so many different ways but her saying you can have your space comma cowboy yeah is so freaking just mm, 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 like just get Bye. Like bye. I Boy, it's bye. dismissive in the best way that I think every woman I mean, I've never been broken up with or had any man not want me and leave me in the lurch at all. Just kidding. That's <laughs> I was exactly, about to be like, Are you serious? Yeah, freaking right. Um <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's not fun. Oh, uh yeah. <laughs> that is so how I felt before, where you're just like, screw you. Like like, Some, you can get in your little truck, you like, can put your boots on, you can get you out. You mean, you, oh, I'm so sorry that my existence are, was too smothering for you. You know what I mean? Like, when, and especially girls get told they're crazy so much. When, like, you look back at that, like, as someone who is out of the single game now, and the things that you're like, oh, I don't want to come across as crazy, is insane that people have made you feel crazy for acting literally either just normal or like you care. Yeah, like that's that's a crazy thing, and I'm not talking about like waiting on someone, but like feeling like you can't text somebody. Like the worst feeling in the world when you're Ugh. in those places in different little relationships. I have like, no so interest. I don't wish it on my worst enemy, and everyone. It's good to go through it, but like that's how I feel about it. Where you know some guys that just oh I don't want the pressure. Like I don't want to. Let's not put labels. That is this freaking space cowboy right here. Is that he's the guy that's like oh I just don't want to. I don't know what I like. I don't want the pressure or like what you can take your space then don't waste my time. Like good for you, man. Like cool guy. Get out of here. It is. It's that feeling of like feeling so, so, so hurt inside, but the way she sings it and the affectation that she puts into it, it's, it's even better and even more effective than if it was an angry song, like an yeah. angry sounding song. It's like, it's the same feeling as your parents saying they're not mad, they're just disappointed. Oh God, it's the worst. <laughs> like that's what this vibe is to me where she's just like, I, especially as like, you can tell, I'm just imagining this idiot guy being like, oh, like yeah. knowing, like, cause that sort of response, that is so much scarier than a woman yelling at you. Like that, just being like, go on, get, like. Get out of here. Get out of here, I don't care. I also love on this song, it has that like almost in 
tell me whatever it is in the background, but like that kind of like like la- like echoey bass drum or something. Yeah, that is um, it feels arena ish to me. It feels like uh, something that like you can have your space. Boom, cab. Like there's, good point. That's know, a good point. Like I didn't really notice that. that. Isn't on any other song on this. Like sometimes it's used in these like more arena pop country. Like what we're talking about can get a little bomb worthy um, these days. That sort that device is used in a lot of country songs. I feel like um, that are of this era. But being in this song. I, it like stood out to me so much that it felt big and cinematic almost when you hear that that sound come in um, in the background, and I I really like it. That's a great point. I think I also I think I also notice the banjo part. If you listen close to like the banjo mm-hmm. and the guitar part, it's like got like a clip, a clop, a clip, a uh-huh. clop, almost like a like a horse, um, like clip clopping away. Yeah. So I think maybe listen to that next time you hear this song because it, it is, it's very much a cowboy song, a country song, but she uses country elements like the slide, like slide guitar, like the, mm-hmm. um, like that effect. She uses that. It's very common in country music. The bass, like you were telling me, um, the banjo, like these, uh, these elements that are common in country music, but she's just kind of turned them up a little bit of a, she's turned them up a notch yeah. and made it her own and it just turns it into an, a brand new sound. Yeah. Well, it also cracks me up like, cause I always think of, since she's calling him cowboy, I always think of the song cowboy, take me away. Uh-huh. Dixie chicks. It's like what I think of. And I love that. Cause it always makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, this could not be more different of a message. Like it is literally on the other side of the spectrum from cowboy, take me away. Right. It's that it's at the end of the relationship that that song was at the beginning. of. Yeah. That cowboy <laughs> taking her away. And then she's like, all right, you take it away. You bye bye. Without me. Bye. <laughs> How about happy and sad? And then I listen to it, and I'm like, way to capture the most elusive emotion that we've all felt in our life. There's a, one of my favorite shows of all time is Gilmore Girls. And in the first season of it, um, she's in a car, Rory, is she, in a car with Dean, her first boyfriend, who would go on to be in and out of the series forever. And he, and they had this great first, I think it was like they were, it was like their one month or something like that, something cute in high school. And she's like, I'm sad because I'm so happy in this moment. And I feel so satisfied, whatever she's saying, you know, that I know, I know it's going to go away and I'm not going to feel happy like this in a few moments. And he was like, so I'm kind of depressing you. And she was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what she's saying here that you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm sad because life is life. And you know that there's going to be a low after this high. Absolutely. I think this, this song speaks to like a relationship like that, but this song also um, is exactly what it feels like to have anxiety and like living with anxiety myself, as I do, uh, it's really hard to see the beauty in a lot of things when it's right there in front of you. 
I feel like it should be talked about more because I feel like a lot of people have anxiety, even if it's not like diagnosed, you're taking medication for it. Like it's just a part of human, human nature is to be anxious about what's to come. Um, and I think for her to vocalize this feeling, that cannot be an easy thing to do because it is such a, it is such a personal feeling. Um, and she has somehow written a song that applies to everybody. Everybody can relate to this song in some way or another. Whether it's about a relationship or about, you know, just general life or friendship or something where you're like, this is going really, really well, but can't be like this forever. I know. It's not an individual thing. It, it seems like an individual thing because society tells us that it's an individual thing. Like, you better, like, bottle that shit up. Like, right. do lock not, yeah, lock it down. Be cool. Like, you do not need to be sharing your emotions and everything with the world. Like, if you have anxiety, you have depression, you have, you're going through this thing, like, you need like get it together, and yeah. that's the, that's the attitude that is starting to shift now. That I'm totally. I'm seeing, and it's, it's so refreshing. It's so good to see that like this this stigma of talking about depression, talking about anxiety, talking about these these illnesses mm-hmm. that people have that nobody can actually see. I think is really important, and it it just this song for me crystallizes a lot of the feelings that I'm just glad that she's singing about them. Yeah, it makes it okay. All I ever wanted was something classic The kind of love song that goes on till the end of time All I ever wanted was a little magic With a good laugh, jet black sparkle in his eye You're my velvet Elvis I ain't never gonna take you down Making everybody jealous Velvet Elvis is it's quirky. It is. It's just like cute and funny and like to me it sounds like something like I want like I want to like wag my tail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm like I feel like this song is something to me like it kind of makes me giggle and like it feels like maybe I've had a drink or two or something mm-hmm. and like it's it's just kind of silly. And like the way like who says that? Who it's is, so yeah, it's like kind of kitschy. Yeah, who says that? And it's just really I like it. But it's it's definitely not one of those songs like it, to me, it adds character to the album. It adds personality to the album. It's not one of my first go-to of, like, this is my favorite song by any means. Same. But it, it, it once again, it's just Casey. It's just her, but... Doing her thing. Doing her thing. Um, and I was curious as to what Velvet Elvis was referring to. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured this song is probably about, like, she's talking about her now husband, mm-hmm. where she says, uh, I want to show you off every evening... Like, making everybody jealous, feels like love, knew it as soon as I felt it. There are a lot of, like, illusions that would tell me that the song is about the love of her life. Um, but then also, like, the imagery of a velvet Elvis. I was like, what is a velvet Elvis? Like, what what does that mean? So I, I looked it up, and um, at first, when I was just listening to this song, I thought, you know, she lives in Nashville, mm-hmm. um, big music person, obviously, uh, big country music person, and... I was thinking, well, maybe she has, like, a statue of Elvis in her house. Right. And maybe he's wearing, like, a velvet, you know, maybe it's, like, one of those, like, full-size, like, statues of Elvis. Because, you know, those exist somewhere. Um, So I figured that's probably what it was. And I looked it up. And Velvet Elvis is actually, it's actually, like, a term for um, a painting of Elvis on velvet fabric. I was, like. These used to be a thing. This is what I, I was picturing that in my head. 
when you were just describing the statue, I was like, oh, what about those like pictures of Elvis that are in velvet? Yes. These were really, really big in the South at like the, the end of the 20th century. This painting technique originated in like ancient um, like Kashmir, like Asia. Oh, wow. Um, and like a way long time ago. It had come into popularity and then, you know, they started doing – it was it would be portraits of a lot of different things. It wasn't just Elvis. It could be like other, you know, other musicians, uh, like Native American landscapes. Um, I mean, there was like a, a – you know, you can read into it a little bit if you feel inspired. But, yeah, that's like an actual that's thing that so people put funny. up in their homes. That's so I'm curious as to if she has one in her house now. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. That's such a – that's such a funny term to – that's like – Yeah. What a great um, – Way to say that. That's really funny. Um, funny. And if you think about it in the, t- in the context of like singing about, if she was singing about an actual portrait, I think, like I said, I think she's singing about her husband right. and like in in the way that she's singing about a portrait. It's just funny. It, it just is. It has like a good, good sense of humor to yeah. it. Uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman. Okay. Because baby, I sweet it is it's really sweet and I and like the song is she says I'm only human right but the whole song is about like being human is okay too right if you're not a superhero like you don't know how to fly but neither do I right like so that is it's like I think this is a song about having flaws and others having flaws and we all just need to be aware and like feel more oh, forgiving kind right? about it yeah yeah I love the, like, just from a musical standpoint, it reminds me of, like, the Bangles or something. Nice. Like, just some, like, some of those bands from, like, the 80s that were, like, all women and just poppy as shit and just, like, because <laughs> I, I do love some of those bands so much. Like, I, that's kind of what the musically sounds like to me. It almost feels, like, tentative. Some of the lyrics to me, but she's like, I don't know how to, she says, I don't know how to lasso the love out of you. I don't know how to lasso the truth out of you. So there is like a little bit of insecurity there where she's like, I'm tough and I'm going to try and do all these things. And I am going to, tr- I'm, I'm strong. Like I can do it, but also like, I, I can't do everything. So like you, it's okay. Like it's okay for you to not be able to do everything too. We have to work together on this. You're going to have to love me back. You're going to have to tell me the truth. And you don't need to be Superman either. So it's almost like reassuring her partner too, which I think men need that. Totally. That like we live in this whole uh, hyper-masculine, have to be manly, but like men need to know that they can be vulnerable too and not be perfect, strong. Stoic, yeah. You don't have to be that either. And I think that she's kind of saying that here. And what a good sen- sentiment, too, that we're not superhuman. Um, so let's just let's just be in this together. And we're let's both going to have to give. Attack, attack it head on mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, we're both going to have to give more of ourselves than we ever had to do before. Um, not superhero levels of strength, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're going to try we're going to try our best. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all that you can do in a relationship is just do your best totally. and just 
choose the person every day and just love them and be be aware of each other's flaws and lift each other up. Yeah, totally. How about high horse? can't decide if high horse or slow burn is my favorite song because they're both like they're they're my definitely my two favorite songs in the album and for different completely different reasons high horse um i've mentioned my mom i've mentioned my aunts a couple times they could have freaking written this song like that's what (laughs) like that's why it makes me smile it makes me literally like prance it just makes me yes. like I, it has that beat. Yes. I love it, and it's just it is the epitome of. I know she's from Texas, and people about te- Texas could be its own thing, but we'll say Southern for the sake of um, what I'm saying here. Being from a very Southern family, it is the epitome of how a Southern woman insults somebody. <laughs> Where she's like, you think you're Mr. Hot Stuff, don't you? But you're not. You can get on it. Like, that is just the, that is where it just reminds me of my freaking mother and her sisters so much. Where it's just, it is not cussing someone out. It's not yelling at someone. It's just saying, you're canceled. That's awesome, by the way. Can I just say that? Because I'm from the Midwest where we repress everything. (laughs) And to hear that from like a Southern woman's point of view, amazing. Like that is what, that, that is a Steel Magnolia song to me. Like I do not have time for this. Like, Like, you can can get on your high horse. Also because my mother loves John Wayne and I watch so many John Wayne movies come (laughs) in. So that is the perfect way to describe some cocky mofo who comes in (laughs) going, I bet you think you're John Wayne. the best it is the freaking best this song this and what this is song genre about, bender I'm it sorry. is it's a genre bender what the hell is that song it's disco it's yeah. country it's pop it's rock it is you're giving me rock yeah, you're giving me country you're giving me vibes i mean it is and it's funny because she this is one of the songs she sang on snl one thing i love about her and she really played into this a lot in her um right oh pageant material and same to different park she does a lot of callback to the variety shows of the 70s that Dolly Parton was on and Conway Twitty. And they were these like weird ass productions that had these, these backgrounds and these scenery. And um, she does this. She did that in her performances in previous albums, which is where I'm saying I think she's one of the most woke people ever. That that is what she did. Like what a freaking callback. Um, and she does it again in High Horse and in her SNL performance. It looked like it was straight out of the 70s. Dude, I'm so glad you said that. Because and, the, and her pants 
And just the the outfit. Yeah. Okay. So here's 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 what happened when you was you were like you need to listen to Golden Hour. In my head, I'm remembering that exact performance. Right. And I remember watching her and being like, she has an incredible voice, but I am not understanding what she's what wearing. What is happening? Yeah. Why is she dressed like she's at a disco? Yeah. Like, why does this song sound like it's at a disco? But I like it, but I don't know, and I'm unsure about it. And then the song was over, and I was like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there for me. Um, she had a pretty, really pretty voice, but I didn't, I for some reason didn't feel the need to like seek out more of her work. Yeah. Um, which is surprising because High Horse is now one of my favorite songs right. on this album. And then when you when you said I should listen to Golden Hour, it started it started making sense for me. Mm-hmm. And now just that now that you've said that, um, she was inspired in her actual performances, inspired by these old you know these old shows. I mean that that's freaking awesome. Yeah, and I get it now. That's where I'm saying like that is the part where I'm like she is playing chess. That is the definition of being, that's not going to be for everybody. And not everyone's going to get it. And especially if you don't know what that is or have never experienced that, it's like, what is happening right now? And uh, it's just, I love it so much. And this song is just absolutely, I'm like, who are you talking about? Because that guy, what a clown. That guy sucks. Like, and <laughs> if he knows, and I, like, imagine if you're that guy that had this whatever interaction and you knew this song was about you. Can you? Nothing would ever make me feel smaller than someone describing me that way. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa! This is the grown-up version of "Mean" by Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. And I mean, "Mean" by Taylor Swift won Grammys and stuff. It's a great song. But like this, to me, is I'm like this. Like she's not calling. She's not going. You're a liar. And pathetic. She's not saying that. <laughs> she's just like, ride the F out yeah, of I'm here, done. buddy. Yeah. Like, I don't even have time to call you that because, like. It's not even worth my time. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, too, it's of. Um, it is a bop. It's a total bop. It's a total bop. It reminds me, too, of um, That Don't Impress Me Much yes. by Shania. Oh, what a good one. What a great reference. jam that is. Yeah. Oh. That's just, just like, yeah, you know what? You think you're freaking John Wayne. Right. You think you're Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, she says, didn't she say John Wayne in that song Oh, did, too? does she? I was referencing Casey's song. But she, does she say John Wayne? Because I think she says, she I says know she Brad says Brad Pitt. Pitt. Uh, who else does she say? Dang. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. it's the same sort of, like, vibe. This song, you know how you're talking about those opening notes and slow burn just captivate you? That's how the beginning of the song Oh, yes. Is. That you disco beat, I'm just like, yes, you're like, I love this And the beat. first time I heard it, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Like, in those first <laughs> couple seconds, like, whatever that happens in your brain, I was just like, here for it. Baby, don't you know that you're my golden Title track. Tell me how you feel about this one, because I I know, but I want the people to know. Yeah. So this is literally, I think, the closest thing Harry and I would have to like a song. Can I can I play this at your guys' wedding? Yes. I. (laughs) It's funny because like I, this is all I want in my life, and like I've literally thought of that before. That like, I I mean, it's just we. He, he would kill me for saying this probably he, or he'd just at least get red in the face but like like we dance around together too like when we're making dinner or whatever 
like this is a song that we like stop and share like we like give it a moment together it's the perfect way to describe and you know people talk about golden hour right now so much like it, it kind of became a term I feel like especially recently that said a lot like it's golden hour like that takes you can take a great picture in golden hour it makes you look beautiful it's just like that perfect time of evening like you know, if you're, we are talking about we are going out on a boat at golden hour, like, it's just such, the, there's no negative connotation with golden hour. Right. And that's what she's saying her relationship is. And I just, it, oh, it just makes me, it just makes me fall in love all over again. Kind that's of song, so sweet. You know, where it's so simple and so, such a pure thought and feeling. And just, you know, the chorus, um... Baby, don't you know that you're my golden hour, the color of my sky. You set my world on fire, and I know, I know everything's going to be all right. This is the song now that I think of when the sun is setting, and I, you know, I can almost hear it in my head. Yeah. Um, and again, she's using this, like, this earth, very grounding imagery to illustrate a feeling, and not even in a cliche way. A lot of the things that she's saying are, you know, there you could you could say are like that's you know that's a cliche thing to say, but the way that she sings it and yeah. like you've set my world on fire, that's not the first time that's ever been said. Right. But it's the first time that I've ever felt something about it. Yeah. Um. The cool. way that she you know, the 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 way she sings it just illustrates it so much more vividly in my head. Well, and I think too that maybe the problem is that for so long we've heard songs that are sung by people who aren't in that place in life. You know, True. maybe either someone's written it for them, to, for them to sing, or or whatever it is, and maybe they're not in that place. And so we've gotten a little jaded by those kinds of songs because it's like, what a dime a dozen it can be. But it's special because um, it's 150% real to what she's she was experiencing at that point. It makes me so happy. Like, I will never... I will never look at this song with anything but, like, the best. I mean, as I get older, I hope to think that, like, we'll look back at this song as, like, representative of such a beautiful time in our lives and, like, just such a great time in our relationship. What a nice thought. Um, She's just the best. She, I mean, you can tell from the song that she just loves love. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a callback to her hometown. She was born oh, yeah. in Golden, Texas. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe it's like a little bit of a, like a little homage to that. Town. Yeah, she's born in Golden. Because it's probably like an allusion to home. And yeah, a little bit. A Definitely. Little All right, last song. Rainbow. Rainbow. I don't think I'm ready for it. When it rains, it pours, but you didn't even notice. It ain't raining anymore It's hard to breathe when all you know is The struggle of staying above The rising water line Well, the sky is finally open The rain and wind stop blowing But you're stuck out in the same old storm 
think Rainbow is the most is the most perfect song to round out the end of the album um, because it just reminds you that life is just messy sometimes and it's scary sometimes and there's negativity all around us but if you can see the beauty or if you have somebody in your life that can help you see the beauty whether mm-hmm. that's your significant other whether that's a friend yeah. um, who is seeing things that the way that they know that you could be seeing them um, and they're telling you like look it's not raining anymore like yeah. hey this is this is beautiful now like check mm-hmm. this out be here present in the moment with me and like just see what this beauty is mm-hmm. I think I think Casey is our friend in that situation right. who is telling us like, you know, let go of your umbrella. I'm just trying to tell you there's always been a rain- rainbow hanging over your head. Yeah. It's always, it's always been there. Yeah. If you can just like look up and see what I'm seeing, it would change your life. Isn't that what we all need to be told sometimes, whether it is, like you said, from a friend, from a significant other, from a parent, from whoever, it's just that like, you're doing great. Like, you know, it's gonna, it's okay. Like, and it's the right time is always needed for that to be the right to receive that message. Cause sometimes it's, I can't receive it in certain moments. Um, but that I can, I can literally picture certain moments in my life where I've, I have like certain things in mind. There was times when, you know, Harry was deployed when you had those moments with me, you just go, there's certain people that you have that conversation with when you're in a really sad place that tell you there's the rainbow there and it literally flips everything on its head. Yeah. It snaps you back and gives you more perspective than, mm-hmm. you know, your brain is allowing you to have in that current moment. Yeah. Um, I like this, this song just like totally like gets to me in so many ways. Yeah. Um, we don't, you know, don't have to go into all the details, but like just this, this lyric of like, when it rains, it pours, but you didn't even notice it ain't raining anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been times in my life as, like, the realist that I am, or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the maybe a pessimistic side of me. At least my personality sometimes assumes that the worst will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, not sometimes. Like, all the time. Right. I'm always waiting for the worst to happen. And this is a this is a personality trait of mine that I have been working on for years. Um but with the right people in your life, uh you don't have to see the the world that way. Yeah. Necessarily. And you know, it's still it's still there. Like the fear is there and the anxiety is there. It does feel like it's raining and it's pouring and I have to have an umbrella. I have to have my guard up. Um, I have to have a shell, like a protective layer for myself. Um, But other times, like when I have a conversation with you or my mom or my dad or DJ or somebody in my life who it's not, it's not necessarily like raining for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, they can see, they can see that it's raining for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they address, you know, you address that with with me or even if I have a friend who I can see that it's raining for them mm-hmm. um, and I can help them address you know what why is it why is it pouring down rain for you right now and let's like talk through that and maybe let me take your umbrella like it's yeah. gonna be okay right. let's 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 talk it talk about it and how you know how good it is to, to be able to have those like conversations with people in your life that that make 
make everything a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make the situation better. Yeah. Like it might not heal you. It might not solve your problem. But to have somebody to talk to, to be like, hey, you know, you can right. you can put some of this on onto me. Like mm-hmm. br- give me some of this burden um, and we can share it for a moment and then we can both let go yeah. of it. It's like they hold your umbrella for a second with you. And right. that's the most important thing, I think, that really good friendship um, in any relationship of whatever nature can have is someone not saying, don't be sad. Like, Hey, don't be sad. Like that, that statement can come at the right time. But a lot of times it can be like, no, I really got to be sad right now. Like, yeah. And that person just being there and feeling it with you for a bit. Like I get it. Yeah. And being like, dude, I know what you're talking about. And then helping like slowly taking the umbrella. Like that's really what I need a lot of times is like for someone to be in it with me, not making it worse, not like, making me feel worse in, in a way that's almost like bandwagony, but listening and being there and then taking it away. Like that's always, I'm notorious. So my dad is definitely my biggest advisor with my business and it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, starting your own company or, you know, whatever venture that is. I'm notorious for having conversations with my dad where we are talking like you and I are talking right now but I'm crying the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, sometimes I'm super, super sad. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times it's just like, I need to, I need to cry while I'm talking to you right now. I'm okay. Everything's okay. We're conversing, we're communicating, but I need to like, can you just be under this umbrella with me for a second while we work it out and we will get to the rainbow in a bit, Yeah. but like be with me through this. And he always is. And I'm like, I think the first couple times it happened, he looked up and was like, I don't know why you're crying. Like, Oh my god! Uh, like, like, what happens? Uh, what do I do? Uh, oh my god! Like, How do I make my daughter <laughs> stop crying? Please and, don't yeah. cry. <laughs> and, but then he realized that if he just kept talking and acting normal, we would get through it together, and yeah. we would find the rainbow, and like he would lead me there <laughs> and everything. But it, it doesn't have to be this. Oh, like stop crying. You're fine. You're fine. Like, and that's something that I think those are like the best relationships in my life, for sure. Absolutely. Oh man, this has been like a therapy session. Wow, what a freaking! Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, do you want to talk about the? Do you want to talk about the album cover and like the yes. the title? Well, we t- kind of talked about the title, so yep. let's talk about the album, like yeah. the the actual like uh, design of it. Casey Musgraves' sister, her name is Kelly. She took the cover photo for this album, and she takes like she's a photographer. She takes pictures. I've seen on Casey's Instagram. I've oh, seen cool. her like tag her once in a while. Um. But they took the cover photo for Golden Hour over a two-day photo shoot in and around their hometown of Golden, Texas. Kelly, her sister, is also credited with designing the album's packaging. Um, she's worked with Casey on all of the album artwork that oh, she's had before. But so she's, cool. like, responsible for how freaking gorgeous is this cover. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, they had to – so um, Casey really wanted to use that paper fan that yeah. you see. And uh, Kelly was like, I can't really picture it, like – I'm not really sure what you want to do with it. Let's just like take a shot of it. We can try it and see if it works. But they went out into this wide open field. They needed they needed a field with like no trees, just sky. Um, and they found it. And she says, almost immediately after we reviewed the photos, we just knew we had it. Yeah. So this whole like blue, pink, sort of Asian inspired design is all around you know it's it's on the album it's on her website it's just it's such a beautiful it's a beautiful 
example of branding mm-hmm. um, in my eyes, and I think it's just gorgeous. Well, I think a lot of times album covers are a little bit overlooked nowadays. Completely, and I like I am like in the fight against that because yeah. the album cover, and some artists don't give a crap what it looks like, like, but Casey obviously did. Um, and she had a vision in her head, and it just came out so, so beautifully. I haven't noticed until this moment looking at this, but have you noticed in the background, it's like a faded out version of her right there, like the same picture. Whoa. And I never noticed that until right now, because initially I just saw the outline of her hair, and I thought it looked like butterfly wings behind her. Oh, my God. And then I really looked at it, and I was like, oh, it's the image. Oh, damn, that's cool. Really? I never noticed I that. I never noticed it either until I just looked at it. And I've looked at this album cover a lot. So have I. I want you to go home and look at your vinyl. I'm gonna. Oh my see. god! Um, how cool is that? We're learning together, but I love her. I love her hair in it. I love how there's there's flyaways. It's like wispy, yeah, yeah flyaways. Like you can tell there's a little wind going. Um, the sky is so blue, and against the fan, I just uh, it's just really gorgeous, and it um, captures the essence of this album too. I like that she really was outside and everything because there's so much about nature in this album. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the butterflies or the grass or the sky, golden hour. I mean, like, there's so much illusion to to being out in the world. I think this cover is just, like, a perfect a perfect uh, explanation without even having to say any words of what you can expect from the album. Totally. If you can't tell how much this, this album <laughs> just is, like... And I, I even, going into this conversation, I, I hadn't stopped. I, I didn't, like, totally journal about listening to it. I took a few notes here and there, but stopping to talk about this, I did not know I was going to cry like this or anything. Like going into today, (laughs) I was not in any way going like, oof, I'm going to lose it several times. Like I, I knew that this impacted me and that I felt a certain way, but really stopping and looking at it, like I, I just, I feel lucky to feel this way about something. And to feel this way about a piece of art. And even though, like, you know, and today with, with Spotify and with how music is just churned out and a lot of things are done, I think maybe without, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings that put artistic effort into anything, but things are churned out pretty easily in the music industry, I think. And so, like, I mean, this is up there for me with all-time albums of making me feel so deeply um and especially what we're talking about where you know a lot of times like the breakup songs and the sad songs and like those hit you but for her to be singing about just being happy and content is not ever sung about in this way and written about in this way and um especially these days yeah where you know she could has she could have just as easily fallen into the same like style that everybody's doing and the same sort of country music verse chorus verse that everybody's doing and the same like she could have so easily fallen into a corner right um like and she has fought that her mm-hmm. entire career she is absolutely beautiful like stunningly beautiful um she you know she could have been like quote, like all the rest. Mm -hmm. And she's not. Uh, She's creative and she is so smart. And I think she's an incredible role model. You were saying earlier that you had role models when you were, when you were smaller. And like I did too. And 
you have these strong women that you look up to that you're like, I want to be like that someday. And I think I'm about to turn 30 and I still appreciate having women like that in my oh, life. Yeah. Like it's so important to, to always keep women like that in your life that have such, have set such a good example, whether that's a friend, um, you know, your mom, your aunt, anybody, anybody who can, who can set that kind of example for you that you feel comfortable. Like I want to be like that. Yeah. There's a part of that person that I want to take with me forever. Yeah. Um, and I think what she's done here is, is, is put herself in, in, in one of those places for me. And like, you know what, if I want to wear disco pants on stage, I'm going to, I'm going to wear disco right. pants on stage. If I want to sing about smoking pot, I'm going to do that. Right. I'm well, going to, I'm going to be myself. And it's cool because I don't feel like, you know, we live in the age of like girl boss and like, I'm a badass woman. And like, that seems to be a thing you have to say. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm cringing. Um, she doesn't, I don't think she really talks about how cool and different she is. She just does it. And that and is that freaking is, awesome. That is my favorite. Like, I hate the whole, like, hey, babe, like, yeah, girl, like, yes, queen, like, whatever. Like, and we all joke about that and say that stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. But, like, she just is. She's just doing it. And that, to me, is what really changes the world and makes things better. And, I mean, she's got to be making things better for female artists out there. For female artists, she's making it okay in the music industry to branch out because yeah. what happens is people like it. Yeah. And even if they didn't, she would do it anyway. Right. And the fact that that's the case is, is just, is really, really special. And I am freaking here for it. Oh, always man. cannot wait to see what she does next. I totally agree. I am dying to see her play live. I know. I know. Me too. We have to, I think, is she touring right now? She is. Um, but none of the dates are, Close to where we live. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Classic. 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 Um, dude. Anything else you want to chat about? I just, like I said, I mean, I feel as in our little bubble, you and I are now having talked about this for hours now. Um, I literally feel freaking, the only thing I can think of to some of how I describe is I feel so lucky to feel this way about something. Um, and like, thank you for having me do this because like, what a gift to sit, like to stop and sit for a couple hours and talk about something like this, that you don't even realize how much it has impacted you yeah. until you start discussing it. Um, this podcast is just like such a gift and you're such a gift as a friend. You and are then, too. Thank you. I mean, I just, this is far and away the highlight of my my week like I just I I thank you Casey thank you Casey (laughs) good god oh but this has been this has been great and I'm gonna start listening to it as soon as we stop recording yay (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today the Radio Gaga podcast comes out weekly So hit that subscribe button and look out for next week's episode. I'm trying something a little different on our episode next week. I really want to do a series of all the cool ways music works with our brain. For example, why music gives us the chills or why music gets stuck in our head. So my first of these episodes is actually going to be all about the use of backmasking in music. I've mentioned it a few times in the last couple episodes, but 
backmasking is a technique that musicians and producers have used for decades. The music is played backward and is either used as an aesthetic sound or to mask a hidden message that can only be heard if the track is played backward. I really hope you liked the episode, and if there are any examples that you've heard of backmasking that you want to hear on the podcast, I would love to hear them. You can go to the contact page at radiogagablog.com, or you can leave me a DM or a comment at radiogagablog on Instagram. See you back here next week.